ladies and gentlemen, the next United States Heavyweight Champion, Ravaging Rick Rude! There's nothing in my dreams, just some ugly memories. Please welcome the newest members of the Dangerous Alliance, I'm Anderson and Larry Zabisco! Real be my lover, I will see you insane. The world's greatest athlete and newest member of the Dangerous Alliance, the world's TV champion, stunning Steve Austin! Nothing left alive but a pair of Welcome one of Sting's best friends and a little stinger himself. Ladies and gentlemen, beautiful Bobby Beaton! It's not an army, it's not a stable, and it's not a family. It's an alliance of businessmen who will bring WCW down to its knees. North-South Connection, welcome to episode number two of 20 of our, I mean, I don't know if it's really a mini-series because we have 20 episodes in the last 10 months, but welcome to number two episode of Seven Months of Danger. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and this episode we are going to cover, last episode we covered Halloween Havoc, we covered the history of 91 WCW, and we got the debut of Rick Rude, and we talked about matches and all the players that are coming in now. They're all here, and now we're going to continue the journey on getting to the moment where we actually debut and get to the Dangerous Alliance, so we're going to continue that journey we are looking at, like I said, November 2nd, 1991, but before we jump into it, I would like to introduce my co-host. Um, the first of one of my adopted sons, uh, Logan Crossland. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Dad. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Hey, you know, at least I said adopted and not like, you know, child I didn't know about that now is my child. You're adopted. So that we've stepped up in the world. Oh, okay. I got you. I, I appreciate that uh, that uh, <laughs> that improvement in, in my status. So. Yeah, I mean, it. it's a serious pod. The other thing I would have said probably would have been very inappropriate for this show. Hundred uh, percent. <laughs> uh, my second adopted son, uh, Scott Shiflet. How are you? I'm glad to be here tonight, uh, Mister Mister Kid. So um, I'm just just happy to be here with my brothers and, and my and my father. You know, it's funny, uh, Shif with the kind of congestion sounds very. There's like a calming thing in Scott. Like he comes across very like mellow, low key. Versus, I'm not, really not used to that, Shif. I'm sorry. It's just temporary. It's okay. It's 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 very different. It's 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 very good for a serious podcast. He's uh, very drunk. <laughs> oh well, that's normal. That's not tonight. Uh, last but not least, I, I mean, he's not an adopted son, but maybe a uh, maybe a great distant uncle, Matt Souza. <laughs> oh, You're older than me. <laughs> no, I'm talking about to my adopted children, not to me. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm sorry my voice doesn't sound like ASMR shiftlet over there, but I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. Good I'm also pretty sure Shiflet is older than Matt. So. Yeah, yes, oh, well, I am. Well, yes. well, you know, good hot opening. So uh, let's just jump right into it. <laughs> uh, so we're we're gonna so we are going to cover November second, nineteen ninety one, and we're gonna cover the syndicated shows, some matches, the Saturday night show. Um, the majority of tonight is matches, 
Uh, but we do have some little bit of hidden treasures that, uh, from a Saturday night perspective, we get uh, our first view of the WCW magazine that I don't necessarily know if I told you guys I was going to cover it, but I don't know. Did you guys watch the WCW magazine that weekend from the Saturday night show or no? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, good. So I look forward to covering that. All right. So first things first. So we have Havoc. It was only a week earlier. Um, if you remember on our last episode, um, I went through the history of 91. And in that history, we talked about the WCW, the way they book, the way they tape and everything out of order. Um, and we really pinpointed the Freebirds winning the world tag team titles after they had already lost them. Well, guess what, guys? We're kind of in the same boat because the syndicated shows at this point were in the bag. Uh, Halloween Havoc was last weekend. So all these matches were taped before Halloween Havoc. Um, but what I like is I don't necessarily know when they tape these matches. I think it, they were taped literally three weeks before Halloween Havoc, um, if I do the math on it. Um, but what I like is we actually have several matches tonight involving the Future Alliance members to discuss, as well as some focus on Medusa, Root, and Sting um, as it plays out a little bit, heading into the date that's now been announced for Rude versus Sting, which will be November 19th, and that will be a Clash of the Champions. That's where Sting and Rude will meet for the first time for the U.S. title. Until then, it's a little bit of a slow burn on a journey to the actual formation where some of the matches they actually book, like I said on the way, I think they actually help in terms of context and formation of where the group is going. So we're going to kick it off with our first match of, of the weekend of the syndication. We are going to WCW Pro, and it, our match is Barry Wyndham versus Arn Anderson. When you immediately hear that, though, you're thinking, wow, this should be great. Two former horsemen. They've had some banger matches over the last, let's see, I think they had their first match maybe in late 86. So here we are in 92. So they've had some banger matches over the last six years. I think the last one that I watched before this, uh, we covered on Chicken Salad at Slammiversary 93, which um, I wasn't a big fan of, but I believe Schiff, you, Logan, and Ben enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite Arn win the match. So I was pretty excited to pick this up um, here in 1991. And as I said, a lot of history here that JR plays up. Um, we already talked about a lot of the matches they've had over the last six years, as well as a lot of matches with them working together in the Horsemen. Um, most notably them as a tag team in not that long ago in 1990 Starcade, where they took on Doom, and which is probably the match of the night for me there. Obviously, like I said, this also takes place before the Broken Hand, which nonetheless, um, Arn was a part of. So again, I think it's really good being booked or planned either way it worked out. Uh, but there is definitely a miss in this in the hand. Um, commentary is really weird, and it kind of gives you a little bit of context. Uh, JR, um, he just said, doesn't mention a horseman, but just says they were a part of an elite organization. So I thought it was really weird he had mentioned the horseman here. Um, he talks about, and this is kind of where the bookie was going, because so it's pretty clear that they weren't booking Barry and Dustin for the tag team titles. Uh, Barry Wynn was going to have a match with Abdullah, and Arn is a tag team champion preparing uh, for the returning uh, Steiner brothers. Um, a, uh, so we could talk about the Abdullah thing, because that's just out of the blue, and Barry Wyndham versus Abdullah didn't make a lot of sense. Here's where they kind of screwed the pooch a little bit. Coming out of the clash, or coming out of the Halloween Havoc, I think this is a miss where they could have probably edited it. Oh, Abdullah is going to be his next match. Um, and again, like I said, I think long-term booking wasn't necessarily premeditated before um, this was taped before Havoc. Um, kind of slow feeling out process to start, but gets going after Arn has Wyndham's head locked between his legs and Barry headstands and nips out, and he punches Arn in the face. Um, then he works over Arm's leg with various holds. Arn then works the arm after Wyndham hits the post. Uh, this match really was a story of limb work for sure. Um, if you like the limb work, you know, you might like it. The biggest move to me was a Wyndham lariat off the second rope, then a power slam. 
Arn goes for a pile driver by the ropes. Wyndham backdrops it, but Arn grabs Barry over and holds the rope for a surprise three. Ron Simmons comes out, which again is weird. Ron is not, he's literally weak removed at this point, taking on Luger. So it's really weird for me to see him coming out here to help Wyndham. Um, it, it just didn't add up. Um, so I guess they had this vision for Simmons after Havoc, knowing that he's probably going to lose. Um, Simmons comes out to protest. Really weird. The ref doesn't even hesitate to restart it. And Barry rolls Aaron up immediately for the three. Um, it's interesting for me. The ref didn't hesitate to believe Simmons. Um, and basically what this does is this will set up a tag team match that we'll see on our next episode. Um, I could definitely see some not liking it due to the slower limb pace. And they definitely had better matches in the 80s for sure. Um, but for me, it's kind of an average syndicated main event with two people that probably should have done better. I actually only went two and a quarter on this. So, Schiff, I'll go to you. What did you think of this match? Um, I liked at the very beginning how uh, Wyndham got out uh, got out of working of a head scissors. I thought that was very nice. And like how you said it, how like JR brought up the horseman history without saying it, I guess they were worried that people watching at home were going to start chanting, we want flair as well. So, um, you know, I did like the limb work that was done. Like uh, Arn was selling his knee and then he was working the arm. I thought that was very nice. Like you said, that lariat from the second turn buckle was very nice. Like we had a nice little throw on the rope, which is, you know, I'm learning is a JCP staple. And then like Arn wins by the foot on the ropes. I had no recollection of this uh, Ron and Barry tag team, which is very weird. Like you said, with no long-term booking, because last we saw Barry, he was with Dustin. So mm-hmm. it's like, where the hell is Dustin at? I, I don't know. I guess I was feeling in a good mood. Um, which will go strictly downhill as we go on with this episode. I went two and three quarters on this, actually. Okay. Uh, Souza? So before I get into the match, I I, I just want to clarify something because I think it will uh, affect my rating a little bit on this match. So WCW Pro at this point was kind of like third in command, right? Behind Saturday Night and Worldwide? Yeah. you know, it's kind of interesting because Pro really is the third string show for the history of, like even in Crockett era, Pro is the third stringer once it debuts. Yes, right. it's the third. It's a third stringer. Yes. So that makes this match make a little bit more sense to me because I mean, this is a big match to throw out there on Pro, mm-hmm. and if it's a third tier show, you're not going to see these two guys go completely balls out. So that that actually makes a, a little bit more sense to me, and I think it actually improves my rating. Because this this match felt very house show to me. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I was at. Like very house show. Yes. Yeah, like they're just kind of, and I mean everything looks good. It's not like they're just sitting in a hold, like a rest hold. Everything looks good, but it's a lot of holds, and it's just there's not much happening. It's super tentative. It's super methodical. I feel like Arn was working a hammerlock for like more than half of this match, mm-hmm. which I mean it was fine because it's Arn working it, and Arn makes everything look great. But it was still a fucking hammerlock for five minutes. So, yeah, it definitely missed something. I think the finish kind of came out of nowhere. So, yeah, uh, overall not the best. So I ended up going right down the middle with this. I went two and a half on it. All right, Logan. Uh, yeah, I, I went two and a half as well. I, I kind of agree with a lot of what Matt said. Um, you know, there were some pretty big bombs thrown early. They kind of went back and forth. Uh, Arn constantly using some underhanded tactics tactics to steal the momentum when Arn or when Barry was trying to, you know, really get get the momentum building in his favor. Um, I like how Ross uh, talked about how close they were when they were part of that elite organization. So I like that he kind of showed about their relationship uh, that they had. 
while they were there. Um, Barry's athleticism for his size is always incredible to me. How he can leapfrog <laughs> over over uh, other humans is pretty incredible because he's a huge freaking dude. Um, good focus limb work by both guys. Arn on the shoulder, Barry on the leg. Um, and Pee Wee's going to get some shit for me uh, on this match because uh, he took kind of just took the baby face's word for it uh, on the cheating at the end and kind of restarted the match. So I th- thought that was kind of bullshit. Um, but I, I agreed with Matt with the two and a half. So, all right. So I'm the um, so I'm the low one on the totem hole. I went two and a quarter. And again, it's not. I guess for me, I I expect more out of this. I think Matt brings up a really good point about being a pro in the third tier, so they didn't go all out. Um, but for mm-hmm. me, a house show match for me is probably very rarely going to go below two and a quarter if it feels house show to me. Just to be honest. So, um, but yeah, decent. But for uh, but for the but for the pro show. Very solid weekend main event if you're tuning into it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. I'll definitely see that. So where'd we end up on that one, Logan? Two and a half. Two and a half across the board. So we're good to go there. So two and a half mats, so we're off to a good start. Now we're going to go over to Worldwide, uh, and I'm going to shit all over this next match. Uh. Uh, this, this is Bobby Eaton versus Johnny B. Bad. And Worldwide Wrestling at this point, I guess they were trying different things or whatever. And um, this is a submit or surrender match, which... For context, hey, sounds great, but I really didn't understand if there's not like a feud or a blood feud, what's the point of it? Because it sounds really stupid. Uh, Bobby is the face in this. So apparently, like I said, this is a gimmick match. They are running the next few weeks. Johnny is the heel here, and he's still with Teddy Long. Um, you can lose by submission, surrender, or a person. If you can't answer a 10 count, um, which I guess takes away submit or surrender, which again... It's a pretty stupid gimmick. Um, and again, just really, really random. Um, I did love, Bob, by the way, we talked about Bobby's like great wrestling. His worked punches are amazing. Like He's got some of the best punches mm-hmm. in wrestling, and his worked punches in here look good. Uh, Tony says that coming up, Bobby will be teaming up with Flying Brian Pillman, and they will make a good team. <laughs> so again, this random booking, because they pre-tape everything, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, just... Ridiculous. Bobby and Bad hit multiple hit toss reversals, which ends with Bad taking a pretty decent bump over the top to the floor. Bad hits a nice sunset flip across the ring from the top. Too bad pinfalls don't count here, so logic made no sense. Uh, Bobby does a small package too, and I was basically wondering at this point what the fuck do these guys even know what type of match this is? Uh, Tony <laughs> claims it's just instinct to cover up for the idiocy. Uh, both men collide men ring and go down. Ref does a fast 10 count on both. It's announced at this point, first men defeat win. Teddy got in Bad's face, and the ref tries to get Teddy off the apron. I'm uh, sorry, in Bobby's face, um, and get to get uh, and tries to get Teddy off the apron. Bad is up uh, behind the ref and goes to get Bobby, and Bobby knocks the shit out of him. Ref turns around and sees Bobby up and Johnny down and declares Bobby the winner, which again makes no sense because Bad was halfway up in front of the ref uh, when he was dealing with Teddy. So this match made no, zero sense with a stip that made zero sense. Zero sense. And it's fucking stupid. I went one star. Logan? <laughs> I, I agree with you. I went one star as well. Um, when I Usually when I start my match notes out with, with uh, uh, outfits and hair uh, comments, it's probably not a good sign. Uh, I, but my first comment is, uh, Bad looks like a bumblebee with his outfit on, and Bobby's <laughs> mullet is at peak awesomeness. So uh, really great mullet going on here. Um, there's way too much stalling in this one. Rest holds uh, are a plenty in this one as well. Uh, Bobby and Bad just don't seem to be on the same page as the 
match goes deeper and deeper. Uh, they keep they keep botching stuff. They just keep seeming like they're going for different things at different times. Um, there was a pretty nasty backbreaker that Heaton hit at one point, which I pro- thought was a pretty good spot. Um, but the first man to his feet finish is so stupid. I hated it. So dumb. Uh, I gave it one just because I love Eaton so much. But yeah, this was this was not good. <laughs> hey, hey, hot take. Uh, Johnny B. Bad early in his career sucks. Hot take. Just telling you, he was never I don't really. Think that, I don't think that's a hot take. I no, mean, no, I, I, I don't I, think I, he I was, gets great until like '94-ish. No, I, I was being sarcastic. I see. <laughs> kind of like hot take. Bobby Eaton's a great wrestler. Hot take. Johnny B. Bad sucks. So, uh, <laughs> what'd you think? <laughs> All right. That's what that match was. All right, uh, Souza. No, go ahead, Jeez. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, it was so bad. Like, first off, they were trying to do pins in a submit or surrender match. That pisses me off when the wrestlers don't even know the rules. Like, what, what, what the hell's going on? And then the stupid, like, whoever gets up first wins, and Bobby wins. It, it's a one-star match. It's lucky it's not a dud. Agreed. Souza, you want to close this debacle out? <laughs> All right, let, let me give my uh, my history of this match here, because the first time I watched it, I must have been like in some state of fucking euphoria because I originally went like two and a half on this. I match. remember I freaking went nuts on you. I know you did. <laughs> yeah, so then a- after you lost your shit at me, I watched it again and I still didn't go as low as you guys. I went a star and a half on it, Much better. but I don't know what the fuck I was thinking when I originally rated this two and a half. I must have been like high or something. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, I mean, some of what they did in this match was good. The problem was it was in the wrong fucking match, I think. Like, they were working this match like it was a regular match, and it was a match based around submissions, and they didn't do very many submissions. And then the finish is very stupid, and it's a submit or surrender match for reasons that I can't figure out because uh, they just decided it to be. I guess they were doing, like, a month of submit or surrender matches or something like that. I don't know. That Mm -hmm. made... Mm-hmm. That that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> like it's a match that should probably be reserved for a feud. I'm no expert, but uh, yeah. So uh, uh, I came to my senses and I I went a star and a half on this because uh, much like I can't give an Arn Anderson match lower than a star, I don't think I can give an Arn a uh, Bobby Eaton match lower than a star and a half. So all right. So well, so this match gets the honor of the Eaton can't go lower than an eat a certain star in an Eaton match. But yeah, this is. This is just hot freaking garbage. So let's go to our next match, which is also on Worldwide. Uh, Barry Wyndham having his working boots on this syndicated weekend. By the way, guys, hint, all these matches were taped at the same time. They do like three or four of these like syndicated hey, shows. Sean, yeah. You don't want the lo- Logan Anomics on that one? Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> I-, I was just going to say shit, but go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Shift, what did you go on? And I missed your rating. Uh, one star. All right. It will be a 1.125. All right, now it is our new officially worst match we've watched. Uh, it now is it, it? It actually scores less than the uh, Patriots match from the last episode, right? Uh, correct. All right, so we got our new crap. So see, the Patriots aren't as bad as you think, Souza. Want to bet? All right. So uh, all these matches, by the way, uh, that we talk about tonight, were all taped. Uh, the syndicated shows were all taped at the same time. So. Uh, they do like three or four syndicated show tapings in one taping. So um, the next match is Barry Wyndham once again taking on the other half of the Enforcers, Zabisco. And for me, again, 
I, I love Wyndham, and I'm probably one of the chosen few that actually enjoyed his feud with Sabisco. Now, their match that they had in 1988 for the Western States title at the, I guess, whatever is it, that bunkhouse stampede match is utter garbage. Uh, but the feud itself was really good. So, um, as we said, uh, Barry gets the other enforcer on same weekend. Long history, like I said, as they've feuded over the Western States title in 87, early 88. Um, and Larry won the title. They were the only two to ever hold that title. Uh, this is also before the Barry Hand break, again, as it was taped at the same time. This is the main event, but it's actually the first match on this week's Worldwide. Uh, by the way, we also get a bonus outro to commercial in this match of Van Hammer cosplaying as a guitarist. Did you guys catch that? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. He's yeah, so I, it, it popped me a little bit just because of the sheer atrocity that Van Hammer is. Uh, Larry rips up a fan Barry sign, and the screaming fan is very upset by this as a crowd boos Larry like he absolutely murdered someone. Like, people legit hate Larry Zabisco. Like, he doesn't even have to do anything. You just look at him, and you immediately want to hate it because he's a little piece of shit. Relatable. Angry old man. Um, and it's weird, again, as Tony says, Barry and Simmons are making strides up the ladder as a team. So it's very clear, based on our first match and them bringing it up here, that the initial plan was Barry and Ron to team together. Oh, but let's not forget, Barry also has a singles match coming up with a duel of the butcher. <laughs> um, so again, clearly when they signed Rude, they went different routes because commentary so far, again, um, keeps has different stories. Crowd loves Barry. I did enjoy Tony referencing the Western States title history between the two. I thought that brought, for me as an old school fan, that brought me in. Um, Barry is super fast for a big guy and running the ropes to this, which is impressive. Um, and he takes a big bump over the top rope. Again, that looked absolutely savage and impressive for his size. Um, Larry yelling at the crowd to me is pretty great. As he beats up Wyndham, he's just yelling at the crowd. Um, as Wyndham walks, uh, make a comeback, uh, out walks Arn. Wyndham hits a sunset flip for three. Crowd goes nuts. The enforcer pounces until Simmons makes the save. Um, crowd is hot. And again, set up the tag that we'll see on our next episode. So we've had two matches tonight that have set up the tag team main event that we'll see on um, one of the episodes um, when we do our next pod episode. Really kind of simple bookie one-on-one to build to that match between the two teams. Um, the match was okay. A lot of Larry stalling and his offense is kind of paint by numbers. Um, but Barry's energy is really great. His presence with intensity in terms of his size, um, along with a hot cloud that uh, crowd that was clearly behind him. Um, I liked his match with Arn. I actually might have liked this match a little bit more. I'm going to go two and a half on this. And I think part of that half star might be, I just enjoy Larry talking and yelling at people that hate him so much. I can't get enough of it. Suze, I'm going to go to you first. Two and a half. Jesus H. I'm, Christ. I, I, you watched the same match. I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Barry was really good in this match. I'm just, that's how I felt. Yeah, sure. Barry was really good. Unfortunately, Larry fucking sucked. <laughs> you can't tell me that. Okay, so Larry might suck, but you can't tell me you're not entertained by him just freaking yapping his mouth off. Yes, you know yeah. why I'm entertained by him yapping his mouth off? Because he's not fucking wrestling. <laughs> There's the difference. I mean, uh, isn't that better? I mean, <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's a valid point. Oh, God. This is just, it's a Larry Zabisco match through and through. There's all kinds of stalling. He's taking Wyndham to fucking Larry Land through this entire fucking match. How do you say uh, Larry? How does he say Larry Land? Oh, take it to Larry Land, you 
at, at one point, Larry screams, oh, shut up, you fat slob, to so someone great. in the crowd. I love it so much. And, yeah, this match was just a whole lot of nothing, really. It was just super bait. Again, uh, very much a match you would have seen on uh, syndicated television. It's just super basic, super boring, uh, you know, and no real big moves so that these guys don't get hurt, especially Larry, who's at an advanced age at this point, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, just way too much stalling and way too much Larry on offense. I only went a star and a half on this. I kind of hated this. <laughs> kind of good lord. Shift. <laughs> kind of hated it. Uh, yeah, I I agree 100 with Susan right here. Like, literally, I have a note here that says nothing is happening. <laughs> like, it, it's pretty impressive for a match to like blow me to sleep. And this is close to what it did. Uh, um. Like, I thought it was cool Barry won with the sunset flip, but it's funny because Larry just goes 4'8", and Barry's, like, 6'4", <laughs> so that was a nice visual. But um, I want to start a half with this, and it, it's lucky it got that high, but it, it was so bad. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Logan, did you hate it, too? Uh, I won't say I hated it. Uh, I did hate portions of it, but uh, <laughs> I went, too. I kind of went in the middle of both or all of y'all. Um Larry telling Barry, uh, he said, hey, Barry, uh, control your uh, fat girlfriend outside and telling her to shut up. It was a great way to open the match. Uh, So that was a great open. Uh, That's worth half a star, look. I do do love Larry, uh, but the stalling does get annoying after a while. I'll agree with the other guys. Uh, Barry dominates the portions that aren't being stalled through until Larry kind of uses some momentum that Barry had running at him and dumps him outside of the ring. Uh, Larry from there kind of keeps the attack on the outside, uh, <clears throat> gets him back in the ring and constantly goes for covers to try to carry uh, catch Barry off guard. And then uh, Barry actually uses that same uh, tactic to get the uh, catch him off guard and hit the sunset flip for the win. Uh, but like I said, I went to it wasn't great, but I, I didn't hate it, I'll say. All right. Well, clearly my two and a half is uh, way off from you. I, again, maybe it's just because of certain things I enjoyed. I Barry, it's kind of like you guys with uh, Eaton. It's kind of the same way with Wyndham. If Wyndham does Wyndham things as a big guy, nine times out of ten, I'm probably going to go a little bit higher. And then Larry just not wrestling and yelling at people. I could probably watch all Larry matches and be entertained by that because the match is probably better if he's not wrestling. Just that's that's how I feel. Uh, We'll see how that plays out. By the way, how old do you think Larry is in this match? 78. (laughs) Be honest. No, seriously. Uh, 46. (laughs) Logan, is that your your guess, 46? Yes. All right. (laughs) Matt? I'll say he's 41. Okay. Uh, Schiff. I'll say 43. He is uh, three weeks away from his uh, 40th birthday. He is 39. Get the f- That doesn't make any Christ goddamn Almighty. sense. He was born on December 5th, 1951. This is November 2nd, 1991. He's Arnie no Arnie. younger. He's no younger than 75. He ages like fine wine, just like Arnie <laughs> He fucking ages like milk. Who are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> 39 fucking years old this Jesus guy is. Jesus Christ <laughs> almighty. All right. What was the final tally on that one, Logan? 1.875. So it's our right. third, third, third worst match so far. All because, yeah. of, all because of Sean's two and a half. <laughs> I don't, well. He no. buoyed that one. Yeah. You know, there might be people on this pod that have done that to an all-time bad match that ruined it because they gave them a higher score than everybody else. <laughs> if lit. Uh, yeah, uh, kayfabe. All right, so now we're going to go to WCW Saturday night this uh, this weekend. Uh, it is interesting because JR is definitely dubbed in here because it's after the events of Havoc. He mentioned some of that. Um, I do want to talk about the WCW magazine. So it's with Eric, 
and it covers Ruta Medusa and matches for the upcoming uh, November 19th clash that are announced. Um, and it's way better, this card, than Havoc was for free. So listen to this match, this card. Luger versus Rick Steiner for the world title. Sting versus Rick Rude for the U.S. title. Brian Pillman versus Johnny B. Bad. Barry and Dustin versus the Enforcers. Uh, Van Hammer versus Cactus Jack. Uh, Big Joss, Josh versus Thomas Rich. <laughs> this TV title match, I can't wait to watch this match. Uh, Sunny Steve Austin taking on uh, PN News for the world TV title. Uh, the Z-Man versus the Diamond Stud. Richard Morton versus Arachna Man, uh, who is uh, another yet repackaged Brad Armstrong from Bad Street to Arachna Man. <laughs> and uh, Bobby Eaton <laughs> will take on Chip the Firebreaker. <laughs> so That's Firebreaker Chip. All right. Well, I, I'm referencing our last pod where he's called Chip the Fireman. Um, okay. So, guys, any initial early thoughts on this card shift? What do you think? Because a, a lot of these matches look like freaking bangers just right out of the gate and better than Havoc to me. I'm, I mean, we have staying in a real match with Rude, which should be great. Um, the main event, you know, pretty interesting. I know a lot of people don't like uh, Rick Steiner as, you know, singles, but I, I liked him over Tunda at Starcade in the 88. And also the Enforcers versus, you know, Dustin and Barry seem like a great team and has a built-in story from what we saw at Halloween Havoc. It, it, it looks on paper better than Havoc, like you said. Mm, and there might be something that happens in that match that might be an all-time moment that I look forward to talking about. Might be an all-time match, too, but we're a little bit away from there. Uh, Susan, what do you think about the card? Who the fuck did Bobby Eaton piss off that he's going to try and get a good match out of that slug firebreaker chip? Okay, so let me give you context. There is a reason and rationale behind why that match happens on our journey to it. And I'll leave that alone at this, this point. There's All actually right. a storyline that causes it, believe it or not, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> the fucking chip the firebreaker gets a storyline. Yes. Oh, great. I can't wait to watch Firebreaker Chip attempt to be a wrestler. That sounds fantastic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a good clash on paper. Uh, the tag title match could be a banger. Uh, Sting and Rude should be really good. And uh, Austin versus PN News is also there. So <laughs> yeah, It's like five stars waiting to happen. More uh, like PN Snooze. <laughs> Logan, what are your thoughts on the card? Matt, can I hear uh, Steve Austin do uh, PN News's music by, by chance? <laughs> Goddamn, pal. Yo, baby. Yo, baby. Yo. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it looks like a pretty solid card. There's a few uh, possible stinkers in there, but for the most part, pretty good, uh, solid card for sure. Yeah, I think there's three to four solid ones in there that just look like they could be really, really good. So, mm. um, mm -hmm. so definitely sets it up on free TV, which... The minute I saw this card, you know, I mean, what was I, 91? So at this point, I was 18. 18-year-old uh, old Sean was all over this shit. So I was super excited. Um, then we go to Eric, says Medusa's made an impact, and said, let's get to some comments. And we get a video of Bambi. Um, do any of you know uh, or recollect who Bambi is? Uh, she was a deer, an animated they, deer. They killed her mother. Her, her, her mom died. <laughs> yeah. Best friend's name was Thumper. Yeah. Uh, no, seriously. The, that the Bambi was a boy, by the way. It's oh, not her. oh well, my bad. My bad. Um, <laughs> well, but, but do you guys have any context around who Bambi was at this time? No, no idea. All right. So Bambi. So you guys, you guys have heard of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So the offshoot of that, that tried to become a more serious women's organization, what's called POW. And it's a powerful women of wrestling. They called it POW. And Bambi was one of the headliners of POW. And she's actually a pretty good, decent wrestler. Um, and so, 
I think what, it, what and again, it's interesting because what ends up happening with Medusa isn't what they kind of framework in this little segment because it looks like here they're trying to build a women's division, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically we go to a video of Bambi winning a match and Medusa attacks her from behind. Um, I don't remember any of this um, from 1991. And I honestly, I don't necessarily think we see Bambi ever again after this show. Um, Eric is with Medusa and he asks her what her agenda is. She said she's the first lady of WCW. She brings up York, who's a nerd, basically calls Lady Blossom a hooker and then calls <laughs> Missy Hyatt Miss Hollywood and uh, says this is for all the men too, insinuating she's going to go kick all the men's ass. She's going to kick some ass. Um, really weird promo. And the Bambi thing was odd. Uh, and no really reference to the national, like no reference whatsoever to the Dangerous Alliance. So it's very clear they don't have a thought in their fucking head at this point based on where they take this stuff mm-hmm. of any of this going. They must have signed Rick Rude later in the game because there's no sign of this. Um, and that's so, oh, by the way, back to Eric. And he says, Barry is keeping his injury extent a secret. And the National Dairy Board wants you to send us to Starcade Battle Bowl. Our National Dairy Board wants all of us to go to Starcade Battle Bowl and uh, the National Dairy Board. Um, we, I guess we can thank them for what we talk about when we get to Battle Bowl 91. Um, so then we transition. By the way, any thoughts on this? Uh, Suze, I'll go to you. What did you think about this whole thing when it do so? A little weird based on where we know this goes. I thought it was really out of context. Yeah, it's definitely weird, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It feels like they didn't know that the Dangerous Alliance was going to be a thing yet, so it's definitely weird. And I, I think uh, Medusa's promo, like what she was saying, I thought was good, but the way she got there was not it was like it was the de- there was something about her delivery was off and i don't know it just it seemed it kind of felt to me like it was her first time with a microphone which we know obviously it wasn't but uh, i i thought it was a, a pretty rough promo and uh, this whole thing just kind of came out of nowhere like I, I honestly i wasn't expecting i knew medusa was a part of the dangerous alliance obviously but i didn't think she was wrestling i thought she was strictly like a valet or a manager or something. I, I wasn't expecting to see Medusa in the ring. I'll say that. And by the way, let's talk. I, I, I forgot to mention Bambi's very almost like um, Billy Ray Cyrus type hair on a female, <laughs> which is very, very interesting. Um, I forgot to mention that. Uh, Schiff, anything on this segment? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of enjoyed seeing the Medusa beat up uh, Bambi. It was a good caught... beat. It was actually a good beating. I mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, her saying she wants to be the first lady of WCW, I did enjoy. And she actually called out everyone. Um, yeah, the promo wasn't great, but I never thought Medusa was, you know, aces on promos anyway. So this is pretty much the same as I feel for any promo she's ever done. Okay. Logan? Yeah, I think Medusa sucks pretty bad. I, I won't hold back. Um, she wants she wants to become the first lady of wrestling, mostly because nobody else is around to take her spot. Um, but yeah, I, I think she pretty pretty much sucks all, all around. <laughs> if I'm being honest. Wow, I, I did not know you felt that way about her. Yep. All right, so then we're going to transition over to our first look at the WCW top ten. So <laughs> number ten, Bill Kassmeyer. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> number number nine, Abdullah the Stapler. <laughs> number eight, uh stapler guy from Office Base or uh, Office Base. Number eight, Cactus. How is Tom Zink ranked the head of Cactus and Abdullah? Um, so he's number seven, number six, Rick Steiner, number five, Dustin Rhodes, number four, Barry Windham. Number three is Ron Simmons, number two is Steve Austin. 
Uh, number one is uh, Sting, um, and uh, your world heavyweight champion is Luger. I mean, you go one through six, it don't look too bad. After that, it kind of, I mean, even Cac, I, mean, I guess for the time, Cactus and Abdullah should be there with Kaz Meyer in the top 10. I mean, what are we doing? And by the way, where the hell did Eaton go? Why is Eaton not in the top 10? That's what I mean. He's the, They're pissed off at him for some reason. He's not even there. It must. He must have blew the pumpkin promo. Oh, well, that'll do it. <laughs> he must have blew the promo. So that's our top ten. It's not the only thing he blew. Uh, <laughs> mm, mm, it's, mm. it's a family pod. Uh, number four uh, match that we're going to talk about tonight. So we got the promo. Now we're going to go to the actual match of Medusa versus Bambi. Um, Jr. says Medusa has quit the feud. Going uh, as um, as uh, actually says has kept the feud going with Bambi and takes us to a match for Columbus. Between them, Medusa is in this weird black getup and trucker hat. Um, I remember Bambi at this, like I said earlier, being pretty good. JR says, this is one of the most heated feuds in women's wrestling. I like how we've had one like, like one instance between them, and that's now the hottest feud in women's wrestling. Medusa beats absolute shit out of Bambi with kicks. As JR says, she is a walking weapon trained in the Orient. Uh, JR brings up all the ladies Medusa brought up. Uh, wonders, it, wonders if they are, and, and again, at this point, you wonder if they're really actually trying to create a ladies' division. Um, Medusa lays on Bambi and works her arm and a cross face. Uh, Medusa is thrown to the corner, flips over it, knocks the cameraman who took a bigger bump, I thought, which was really great, even though I thought it was by mistake. Um, I thought Bambi was okay on the offense, including a bulldog for two. Medusa, I thought, hit a sick-looking German suplex for three. Um, the note I made, Logan, I know you hate her, but I put Medusa can German me anytime. Um, JR Gosh. says a big rivalry and it. So JR says this is a big rivalry and it's coming to your town soon. Um, I didn't hate it. Um, women's wrestling was really a non-factor in 1991, especially in WCW. Um, but I thought it was actually a solid enough showcase. Um, and there's a little cred, I thought, for the finish and a cameraman bump. I actually went one and a half on this and that might be too much, but I really didn't hate it. Schiff, what'd you think? I agree with you, Sean. I, I didn't hate it as well. Um, I, I liked how JR gave her little her backstory. Yeah. That's, you know, something JR is known for and really good, in my opinion. Um, Medusa had a nice cross face, and she was working the arm. And um, the German suplex from Medusa was very nice. I went a star and a half as well. I enjoyed that. Like, I was shocked at how much I enjoyed a 1991 women's match. Yeah, that Bambi can go, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it was all her. Susan? Yeah, uh, I thought this was uh, uh, better than I was expecting. I mean, it still wasn't great by any stretch, but uh, definitely better. And uh, I thought they both worked hard, so I, en I ended up going a star on it. So it was perfectly fine. Uh, uh, Bambi looks like the lead singer of Mr. Big. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, awesome. it, it, it's it's great that she's able to uh, uh, wrestle uh, in honor of her mother who was killed in a forest. So, yeah, one like, star. Hey, hey, Matt, hypothetically, what would Bobby Eaton sound like singing Be With You? Jesus, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to need time for that one. <laughs> All right. Well, you brought it up and it just popped in my head. So I might be the only one that knows what that even means, by the way. So just oh, my own little girl. <laughs> by the way, this uh, that song. Very popular in this time frame. This was like the mm -hmm. kind of where it was at. So, Mister Big, be with you. That's yeah. Yeah, this was in, this was in between that six months they were big. Yeah. Uh, Logan, what do you think of this match? I didn't. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I guess. You really um, hate Medusa, don't you? Like, is there a context around why you don't like her so much? 
I just I think she has an elevated opinion of herself and she really was never that good. Um, but uh, I think this was much less of a squash than I was uh, expecting it to be. Uh, Medusa does kick her ass once she is on offense, but Bambi got more offense than I thought she would. Uh, I thought Medusa was equally as uninspiring in this match as she has ever been in any match I've ever seen her in. So um, I'll give it one just because I'll be nice. But uh, yeah, not, oh, not wow. who knew uh, Japan matches in Medusa. Logan doesn't like them. <laughs> Which I, in, in later later years that kind of intersects, so it yeah. makes sense. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, good point. Yeah, so that that's interesting. Uh, we discover new things here on this podcast. The Logan hates Medusa, so I'm gonna have to roll a dex out of my uh, thought process. Um, roll a dex, not leg. Roll a, uh, whatever. I fucked up. I pulled it. One point two five for the brain match. leaky. One point two five. So that why well, we're continuing down a really bad stretch of matches this episode. This episode, sure are. This show kind of sucks. All right. Uh, we got two more matches. Our next match, continuing the sock fest, um, <laughs> is beautiful Bobby Heaton versus Mr. Hughes. Uh, Hughes, at this point, is the bodyguard of Luger, and he's managed by Harley Race. Uh, I did like Bobby giving the big man down with a simple toe hold and working a leg, which I thought was smart. But, God, it just keeps the match way too slow. Hughes doesn't do much except choke, kick, and body slams. Bobby takes a nice headshot to the post. There's typical race interference. Bobby goes to the top for a body press, but uh, Hughes catches him in the air by the throat and shoves him straight down, which I thought looked pretty decent. Uh, this match was there and was only to get Hughes over and to uh, bring it up even more. Uh, the hate for Bobby Eaton continues. Who did he piss off? Uh, this match for me is half a star. This match is absolute freaking butt. Uh, Schiff, what'd you think? Um, actual note for me. Uh, Bobby works the leg. The next note for me, this is making my eyes bleed. Next note, this sucks. Next note, Hughes won with a slam. Uh, quarter of a star. This was terrible. Yeah, god awful. Sousa. God, I fucking hated this so much. <laughs> oh my god. It, it's fucking ten minutes long and nothing fucking happens. How is that possible? This was like Opening match at a 1987 Madison Square Garden house show, like <laughs> uh, it just it's it's an eight minute rest hold and then a fucking body slam ends. <laughs> oh God, fuck this! Like, <laughs> who did Bob? Like seriously, who did Bobby Eaton piss off to lose to Mister Hughes of also, all people? I have a potential hot take coming. Uh oh, Jesus God! Uh, Are we sure Bobby Eaton's good in what's singles? That? What's that? Are we sure Bobby Eaton's good in singles? No, fuck off. He is. It's, the, he's the, great. It's, it's clearly he's great. it's clearly the opponent in this match because we got some Bobby Eaton bangers coming up. But all I'm saying is, you know, we hear all this stuff like, oh, so-and-so isn't a good worker because they can't, you know. But it seems Susa. like he works He works down to his opponent. That's Shit. what it appears to Shit. me. Johnny fucking 1991 be bad. And Mr. Hughes. Let's really put in the context in this, please. And Terry Taylor. Let's not Arn forget. Arn Anderson couldn't get a good match out of the goddamn freaking Patriots. So don't, you can't go that route. Shift got but, mad. But uh, yes. No, uh, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was on mute, but that was like the worst match I've seen in a long time. Yes. Right. Uh, shoot this match into the fucking ocean. Uh, I actually went half a star on this. Uh, I could be convinced to go lower if you want to be honest. I mean, I, I could easily be talked into a quarter star too if you really wanted to do it. I'll go in with you. <laughs> you know what? That's you know where what? I went. Fuck I went it. Quarter dud, star. Dud, dud. All right. Dud. I'm oh. going dud. Zero. 
I never want to watch this match again. Zero. All right. Take me to a quarter star. You got a dud on that. A quarter on uh, Schiff. Uh, Logan, how about you? Join Wait, you switched to a quarter? Oh, 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 yeah. They convinced me. Okay. <laughs> You're the last one. Go for it. I, I guess I will have to go down to a quarter star as well because uh, I was at a half star. Um, <laughs> just to just to keep solidarity. Um so much legwork in this one that Hughes does not even try to sell in the slightest, which is horrible. Um, I'm pretty sure Harley gets as much offense in this match as Hughes does, as I'm pretty sure Harley got two offensive moves, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Hughes also got two. Um, and the one of his offensive moves was a gross botch to end the match. So uh, originally went half star, but I'll, I'll I'll go down to a quarter star. All right. So, Logan, what does that bring this great gem to? So with two zeros and three quarter stars, that puts us at point one eight seven five. There is no way that will be ever topped on this show in the next 20 episodes. Well, if we pop- keep watching Patriots matches, it might. <laughs> uh, I don't know that that's like an all time. I like. That, that's going to be hard to top. So I think we have the contender here for the for a little while. But yeah, this match is absolute garbage. And let's hope our last and final match of this episode and this weekend on November 2nd, 1991 can be better. So on paper, Enforcers and Steve Austin is a tag team. So again, a six man, which again, knowing that long term, they haven't booked where they're going with this. I kind of like seeing that now. Their opponents, which I really like as well, is Dustin and Barry Windham. But then you add, out of no, for no reason whatsoever, <laughs> randomly, with his big old freaking gut, and Michael P.S. fucking Hayes. So five of these guys could put on a banger. Then you got Michael Hayes. So, so rare. Like, I don't get this. This makes no sense. Anyway, uh, busy weekend for Barry Wyndham and the Enforcers, because this is the third time we've seen all of them. Uh, well, n- not really. I mean, we've seen the enforcers as a whole three times, but they've individual single matches, but uh, Barry Wyndham, what, this is his third match of this weekend. So um, mm-hmm. definitely workhorse. Um, but again, I like the symmetry playing out in the booking because um, Dusty and when or Dustin and Wyndham being in this with the enforcers, it just adds up and they didn't know where they were going in terms of the booking. Cause clearly they were going with Wyndham and Simmons and here they are. Um, so anyway, really good. I like to see this. Um, the Alliance, especially since the Alliance hasn't formed yet. Again, as I said, Michael P.S. fucking Hayes is pretty random partner, and uh, Blossom is still here. Uh, Dustin's, they bring up Dustin's grandma is Flash 2 in the crowd, and I think, I, um, I said, thank God, I thank God it wasn't Dusty cosplaying as his grandmother. <laughs> it's probably inappropriate to say that, but um, JR brings up the Havoc incident with Barry, so again, it's been dubbed in, and the way he tries to cover Barry's hand is says he went to the doctor, and he's keeping prognosis to himself. So it's interesting to cover up, um, again, as this was taped a month ago. Um, I liked Arn bumping for all the faces to start. This time, it's interesting. JR does mention the horseman um, when he talks about the Barry Arn history. So earlier we talked about how he talked about an elite group. He actually brings up the horseman here. So I don't know what that was all about. Uh, the crowd is hot. Dustin looks so super young, only looks 21. Um, and basically, he looks as good as anyone in this match. It's a back suplex on Larry, which I'm surprised Larry didn't die based on the fact that we all think he's 80. Um, <laughs> Dustin and Austin work so well together. I think we brought it up on our last episode, the chemistry they have. Um, they work really well together at like a quick left hand, uh, like just at a quick pace. Um, it ends up breaking down with all three men. Hayes hits a DDT on Austin. Um, 
And then Blossom uh, hands Austin a pair of Nux. He wallets Hayes. Um, and then uh, Garvin gets involved. He grabs the Nux uh, for Blossom. Then he throws the Dustin, who nails Austin. And Michael P.S. fucking Hayes pins the world TV champion, stunning Steve Austin for the three count. Uh, very weird choice having Michael Hayes pin the TV champ when he's clearly a tag wrestler who shouldn't be at this point, but does seem to set up a TV title match between them, that hint, hint, guys, that we will actually watch on episode five of this podcast. Um, Yeah, so you have that to look forward to, but um, Dustin, for me, was a true star with this with Austin. Those two together is absolute magic, so I do enjoy the showcase of the young in this, and both really have become players in WCW in a short amount of time, and I thought this match... Uh, really played that out. It's a decent main. It's a decent enough main event for me. Hate who pinned them in the finish, but I'll go two and a half stars to close this one out. Susa, what'd you think? Yeah, this is uh, clearly a case of uh, one of these guys uh, doesn't belong here. <laughs> I mean, uh, this might be the biggest case of one of these guys doesn't belong here. Um, it, it's a fine match. It's a quick match. There were there was a lot of energy in this one, but. I feel like it was too quick to really get into the next gear. It almost felt like they were running out of TV time. I think it goes under 10 minutes. Like they were just, they were moving through this quick. And I think it hurt the match overall. Like, I, I don't know if it would necessarily be great, but I think there was a chance it could have been better than what we got. So uh, I ended up going the, the same score as you. I only went two and a half on this. Just a super fast match. Uh, I, I thought Dustin looked good, like you said, but... Yeah, it, it was a, a fairly standard uh, TV main event here. So two and a half. All right, Sousa. I'm sorry, not Sousa, Schiff. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And Arn's face was at the very beginning of being terrified of Dustin. I thought it was very nice. Um, you know, maybe think like Arn was having flashbacks of fighting his dad. So that was a fun little callback. Um, and, and like you said, Sean, Dustin and Steve had just have amazing chemistry together. And I love when the uh, heels are bamboozled with the Nux. Uh, yes, it was shocking that Michael Hayes, old dude, 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 got the uh, pin. But, you know, still a fun six-man, and they got in and got the job done. Like like Susan said, it was under 10 minutes, but it was a fast-paced 10 minutes, and I, I liked it. I went two and a half. All right, and Logan, close this one out. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I, I love the fast-pacedness of it, of it all. Um, Anderson kind of selling the punch brigade as what I call it uh, from the faces. Yeah, that was really match. good. Yeah, it was real, real top notch. Um, Barry kind of believed in, in himself a little too much on one of the leapfrogs. He didn't quite clear. I can't remember who it was, but he does one on somebody and uh, barely clears their head. Um, as much as I talked about how athletic he was earlier, um, Arn kind of gets tired of getting his ass kicked at one point and get tags in Larry, who equally comes in and gets his ass kicked. Uh, and Austin also kind of gets the same treatment as well until he kind of turns it around. Um, really good counter wrestling from Rhodes and Austin, kind of like you were talking about, Sean. I thought that was a really strong part of the match. Uh, we got a lot of heads gliding in this match. We got a lot of uh, noggin knockers, I think is what uh, they used to be called back in the day. Um, chaos kind of ensues as all the uh, participants are in the ring yeah, towards the end. Uh, the Nucks kind of end up using, get used, getting used by both teams, and uh, the faces score the victory. Very surprising that uh, Michael P.S. Hayes uh, got the pin in this one. But uh, I went slightly higher than you guys, and I went 2.75. All right. Clearly, though, the match of the weekend in this weekend. Clearly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
So do you have a final tally on that one yet? That would that would be a two point five six. All right. So give the rundown on the six because so so we can shit all over this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that that is our best match, just slightly over Arn and Barry. Uh, Not good. And the cavalcade of shit uh, we uh, ranked in order uh, from bottom to top would be Hughes Eaton, uh, followed by Bad Eaton. Uh, followed by Medusa Bambi, and then uh, the best of the worst is Sabisco Wyndham. So, wow, what a cavalcade of shit this episode was. So uh, <laughs> let's jump. So a very different contrast in our last episode. So um, I think I know where we'll get this on a scale of one to five in this journey, but we'll get to that in a minute. So, uh, all right, most dangerous. Who's the MVP in this, uh, Souza? Uh, uh, Barry Wyndham by default. Yeah, 100% for me, Barry Wyndham. Schiff? I'm going with Medusa. <laughs> oh, <Wait>. fuck you. <laughs> Why? She was the best one out of the, out of the Dangerous Alliance. Barry Wyndham wrestled three fucking matches. Yeah. I, well, also, to be honest, I thought it was just Dangerous Alliance people we were. We are. Breaking. Oh, it can't be Barry Wyndham. Never mind. We got to go back. Sorry. That's right. We can only do most dangerous. Can't be. Oh fuck! That's right. We 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 fucked up our own gimmick. God Thank you, Chip. Chip. You're welcome. Thank you for calling us out on our bullshit, Matt. <laughs> now we're fucked. Yeah, now we are fucked. You're absolutely. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm gonna give it to Austin just because he was a good part of that. Tag uh, we should give it to Bobby. <laughs> you know, no. no. Fuck no. no. He, he is he is least dangerous. Yeah. Uh, uh, Steve Austin by default. I am also going with Steve Austin. Okay. But Chef, thank you for calling me out on our book, calling us out on our bullshit. Thank you very much. No, I no was word. about to anyways. You're good. So by the way, that won't be the last time that happens. I'm sure it, it'll absolutely it absolutely won't be. All right. MVP, the least dangerous, uh Bobby Eaton. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yes. Eaton's gotta get it on this one. You take any you take any Eaton over Medusa, Logan? Yeah, he was in two stinkers. I can't I can't. And the Medusa batch probably was a little better than I gave it credit for, but um, yeah, it's got to be eaten on this. Guy one. caresses one pumpkin and he gets on the shit list. Uh, yeah, I I don't know what ha- well, but these I were was ta- the MVP on that show for me. <laughs> but these but these were taped before Havoc, right? I, WCW, but I mean this I think this episode clearly shows that WCW pre-taping everything a month and a half prior it just uh-huh. it's a disaster. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, all right. So scale of one to five, five being the highest, what would you give this episode in terms of what we talked about and watched as part of the Dangerous Alliance journey? Uh, I am going right to one. <laughs> Sousa? Uh, yeah, one. Uh, they don't even know that the Dangerous Alliance is a thing that's going to fucking happen yet. They, they don't have a clue. They didn't mention it. They didn't mention Paulie once. They didn't do any of that shit once. So, I mean, like you said, it, this was taped before Havoc, and clearly that must have been a last-minute thing, hooking up uh, Paulie with Rick Rude, because they didn't even, like, hint towards that being a thing. So, uh, yeah, this gets a one. And I greatly look forward to the tag team of Bobby Eaton and Flying Brian Pillman that's and, going to be on this yes. show. Yep, and ba- Barry Windham versus Abdullah the Butcher. I'm sure will be a banger that we'll never uh, watch. There, there, there's a lot of banger matches coming up on podcast. <laughs> Shift scale one this, to five. Uh, of one as well. This was a giant step back after being so hyped um, in our first episode. Like you know, there was like you guys said, there was no mention of Rude, no mention of Paulie. Like when they an- announced like 
when they talked about Medusa, they didn't talk about her and, and um, Polly at all. Like, they needed someone to be like, hey, this is what we did for this. We need to tie all this together. Because if they're doing, like, JR doing voiceovers, he could have been doing voiceovers for this other stuff as well. Like, mm-hmm. it's well, just, even, it's just really cut, bad quality cut control. The, cut out the Medusa shit because it has no relevance beyond this episode. Right. <laughs> cut it out. Edit it out. Be done with it. There's no point in even having it. But, yeah, I mean... It's it's like everything that was on this show, it's almost like there's besides just conveniently some of them being in matches together in terms of where the feuds are going, there's no context whatsoever to the journey they're on. Again, the early bookie really, really fucks this watch that we did tonight over. Logan, what'd you think? I assume you're probably on that one scale too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have to go one just to keep solidarity, of course. But it also, I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna assume that it doesn't uh, get worse than this. But I imagine that this is probably the worst episode mm-hmm. of this we're gonna do. Uh, I gotta. I gotta assume that. But uh, I, I could be wrong. We could have a worse one down the road. But. Well, well. Let me before we uh, close. Let me uh, tell you what we're watching on episode three, and then oh, see if you have context. Uh, oh, oh no. <laughs> All oh, right, Jesus. so episode three, we are going to the weekend of November 9th and the weekends of November 16th, so we're going to cover two weekends. So uh, we will have that Wyndham Simmons versus Enforcers uh, match at the Bell 2, which has possibilities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we'll go to Saturday night, and we will watch the York Foundation take on the Patriots of Bobby Eaton. Oh, I quit. Jesus Christ. I quit. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. It gets better. It gets better. Oh, good. Um, we will have a six-man match. Another one of those, um, maybe what doesn't fit like the other. Uh, we will have Dustin Rhodes, Tom Zink, Bobby Eaton taking on Austin and the Enforcers at a six-man. Mm-hmm. Possibilities. Then we will go to the next Saturday night. <laughs> Big Van Vader and Steve Austin as a team. Their opponents... Tom Zink and PN News in a tag team match. And last but not least, we will get our first wrestling appearance of Ravishing Rick Rude as he takes on Steve Armstrong. Whose idea was this show? All right, I'll be up to one and a half on the episode. (laughs) Right. So be careful what you say when you say, well, it can't possibly get worse because there's some in there that really have some possibilities. All, all right. Episode three is getting a half star. <laughs> that, we're not what? No, I, you know what? I could have been, I could have not even told you what we're watching, but I wanted to give you a sneak peek to see what you, here's the good news. Our next up, our next episode is the last episode before we get to the clash. And that's the clash is really where the rubber hits the road. Right. So we got one more to make it three to get to the clash. I appreciate right. I appreciate the sneak peek of the suck, Sean. I, I, I felt obligated after the disaster that these matches were tonight, and it will get better. Just go down as this pod episode number two. Do not watch any of these matches with the exception of maybe the last one. Everything else, move on, forget about them. You don't mm-hmm. need to watch them. All right, so let's close it out. So, Schiff, anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, I like to plug uh, YouTube Roulette on the Place to Be Pop feed. I mean, Place to Be Wrestling feed. Uh, Crock and Roll on the Wrestling feed as well. And my Twitter at Scott underscore Shuffle. All right, Souza. 
Yeah, it should be a new episode of YouTube Roulette out by the time you're hearing this. If you've never listened to that, uh, that's that show is a ton of fun to do. We're all on that one. So, well, well, well three, stop, three stop fourths of us are on it most of the uh, all the time. One of us, you know, makes his Brock Lesnar like appearance every quarter or so. So <laughs> no, you're but, supposed uh, to say the other one big times. Everybody jumps in when he wants to. That's what I was waiting for you to hear. <laughs> yeah, the year absolutely right. And uh, <laughs> you can find me on the extreme three-way dance right here on the No So feed. So check that out if you've never listened to it. And you can follow me on Twitter at msusan1991. All right, and Logan. Yeah, I'll, I'll also uh, talk about YouTube roulette. We uh, might actually watch a uh, match that involves Alley Catch going into an ocean. So I know, uh, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I know, Matt Souza will be at attention during that match. Um, full full <laughs> mast, good sir, full mast. <laughs> um, but highway to the impact zone uh, will be have been past uh, Bound for Glory at the point when this pod comes out. So. Um, uh, that'll be the first plan for glory we're doing. We'll be uh, building to the next pay-per-view at that point. Uh, both of the salads, uh, popcorn and wrestling. Um, we did SummerSlam 95 for the August episode. And uh, we, uh, <laughs> you get to see batshit Matt on uh, <laughs> salad uh, on this month's episode. So uh, definitely check both of those out. All right. And as for me, um, you know, I do appear on pods sometimes. Sometimes, I'm on, again, it's all scheduling. It's not that I'm big timey people. It's just... I mean, it's funnier to say it that way, but it's just real life sometimes getting away, especially during the summer. I'm hoping at some point I can get back to a normal progression of being on those pods. Because honestly, um, Highway to the Impact Zone and YouTube Roulette, I will tell you 100% are two of my absolute favorite to do just because they're ridiculously insane majority of the time, especially when alcohol is involved, which are probably my favorite. Uh, but yeah, my main one, NWA Crock and Roll with Shift. Um, you can find me at NWA, uh, and all these are over on the PTBM Wrestling feed. Um, and you can also find me at NWA Crock and Roll on Twitter. Um, but yeah, so again, guys, um, episode number two in the books. I really think the first two episodes have been really solid. Maybe the episode number two wasn't as solid from a match standpoint, but I also think we got our point across in terms of how we really, truly felt about it, which was amazing. Um, so we will see what episode three has to bring um, on our way to the clash. And um, episode four, we'll cover that clash with all the big matches that are happening. and gets us one step closer to where we need to be as far as everybody being in danger of science and it's pretty cemented um, by the time we get to the clash um, even though everything here has been pre-taped and everything on our next episode is pre-taped by the time we get to the clash it's pretty cemented where we're headed in the booking so hopefully that'll open up some doors for us and not keep us not keep us thinking we're gonna have to watch uh, Barry versus Abdullah because there's nobody on this show that wants to watch that <laughs> uh, so with that I am Sean Kidd he's Matt Souza, Scott Shiflett and Logan Crossland uh, we will see you in two weeks for episode number three of Seven Months of Danger. Thanks, guys. You can make-